that's another episode of Delisted the Podcast. I'm Michael Kay. And I'm Allison. Let's start with one of my favorite topics. What is Jason Momoa's dick up to? Oh, that could be a daily segment on this podcast. And this isn't even a daily podcast. No, it should. Be, we, I would make it a daily podcast. I would make an hourly podcast for that. But um, Jason Momoa, best known as Aquaman, I guess, to most. To me, I know him best as the bartender from that early aughts primetime soap opera North Shore. That's where I know him best as. I'd say, Michael, I don't want to go out on a limb here and say anything too crazy, but I would wager that that's where most people know him from. Well, I think then probably only two Thrones. people. Wa- I think only <laughs> two people watch that show, so I don't know if it's most. Well, how many people but watch at Game least of two people? Know. Seven. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I totally forgot he was on Game of Thrones. Game of Thrones Who cares yeah. about that when he was on North Shore? But Jason Momoa, he was with Lisa Bonet for seventeen years. They were married for a little over four years. They made two children together. And as we know, earlier this year, we learned that everlasting love doesn't exist because they split up. Yeah, very tragic. Yeah, we're still not over it, but they split up. And after Jason and Lisa split up, there were rumors, there were stories that they were trying to work things out. And, you know, he had moved back in, but they're over. If they try to work it out, it didn't work out. I mean, they might work it out like 10 years in the future, kind of like how Elizabeth Taylor married someone two times. Like that's always on the table. That option's always there. But yeah, it's always there. But presently, that doesn't look like where it's going. No. And sources said that they split up because Lisa, she doesn't really like the spotlight. She's more of a homebody. Jason loves being famous. He's always traveling for work, and she didn't want to follow him around. She just wanted to do her own thing. Reasonable. So they're over, and like you said, they're currently over, over right now because he has moved on. And sadly, he hasn't moved on to one of us unless no. unless Issa Gonzalez is listening. Then <laughs> he has moved on to one of us because he's apparently dating Issa Gonzalez now. Yes. And if you... If you don't know who Issa Gonzalez is, she's a Mexican actress. She's been in, she was in that blasphemous Gem and the Holograms movie, a movie that I forgot existed. And then when I was looking up what she's been in, I was like, oh my God, she she needs to get her agent or publicist to get this scrubbed from the internet that she was we, in that movie. We can't hold that against her because here's the thing, if... I well maybe a little bit but I feel like if it was like I mean even obviously God has forgiven her for that because she's given him Jason sorry given her Jason Momoa so well God might be mad at Jason but we'll get to that later okay so so yeah she was in Gem and the Hologram she was in Baby Driver Paradise Hills Godzilla versus King Kong I Care a Lot and Michael Bay's new movie Ambulance I was going to say my favorite out of that list, Michael Bay's Ambulance. But so she's been in those and now she's apparently in Jason Momoa's Chonies, according to People Magazine, E! News, Us Weekly. They all say that Jason and Isa are currently a thing. He's 42. She's 32, by the way. Uh, In the past, she's dated Timothy Chalamet, Luke Bracey, and Josh Dumel. I also remember her from the Josh Dumel days. Do you? Yeah, because 
she they were like on vacation together and she was taking a selfie like a bikini selfie and in the back josh dumel was naked you could see his dick everything like in the background it was blurry but you could still see his dick and she posted it and then she quickly oh like, my god took it out and cropped it out oh yeah it's that's, burned in my that's brain that's so crazy michael i'm gonna like i just need to like take a really quick break um for reasons unrelated to this podcast um but also if i was like going on google what would i look up to find that picture like isa gonzalez vacation like i mean honestly his dick is pretty blurry if you want to see it clear just type in josh dumel naked you'll see clear as day pictures of him naked because he's posed naked before How, so. well, okay then. Probably but so. I, i'm so hard up for any kind of dick that you know i was into blurry dick so yeah that's but um back to jason and isa so sources say that they're both really busy with their careers so they're keeping it casual for now and having fun together sources also say that isa really likes jason and they're really attracted to each other and they see each other whenever they can so breaking news Two incredibly hot people find each other hot. Who knew? I know. It's it's like the universe has like a photo album just called like the big book of hot people. And just the pages just scroll really, really fast. And they're like, okay, Jason Momoa and Isa Gonzalez. Perfect. Put those two together. Yeah. Yeah, both hot. What What do you think of this pairing? You know what? It kind of surprises me a little bit because they're only 10 years apart, which in Hollywood years... Hollywood 10 years is like real people nine months. That's not really an age difference. Um, Jason Momoa, obviously, like I said, a hot person going for another hot person makes sense. Everything is right. Like the recipe is there. Um, They're both the type of actors, I would say, who are like famous, but they're not so when I say not so famous, it sounds really rude. They're not like the type of famous where it's like, tom cruise where like he can't go anywhere without being famous whereas i feel like jason momoa can still be kind of normal and but he's like isn't he like eight feet tall i i, I don't think you can miss him see i think he's like he, famous famous because he's so tall and big and mm, i mean he's jason momoa when you're that tall though you start to get can like you get mistaken for like trees and stop signs and stuff so it is you would think you you would think that you would stand out but like maybe he actually blends in people could be like oh it's a piece of construction equipment and he's like i got you again it's me no. jason <laughs> no i i would i would i would see him a mile away my my nipples would get hard and i'd be like jason momo is obviously in our midst he takes off his sunglasses he's like oh i thought i could trick yeah. you michael <laughs> what do you think of them well, I think he was with Lisa Bonet, a legend. Yeah. So mm-hmm. unless he's he's go- moving on to like Dolly Parton or Patti LaBelle, pretty much everybody's a downgrade from Unfortunately, yeah. L- Lisa Bonet. But like you said, I'm I am kind of surprised that he didn't move on to some 19-year-old Instagram influencer cuz that's usually how the story goes. It's the next logical step. Yeah, so I am, you know, like you said, she's in her 30s, which in Hollywood is in her 90s, practically. Yeah, he might as well be dating the old lady from Titanic at this point. So yeah, that's that's a good thing. I mean, the the bar for men in Hollywood is lower than my self-esteem. So when both of us were like, well, well she's 30. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we're like, you know, this is actually a very reasonable 
person to date. I think it speak. I think it speaks very well to her because, like you said, Lisa Bonet is a legend, and the kind of person who gets with Lisa Bonet, I feel, is displaying a level of intelligence that maybe you and I don't fully understand. And if Jason Momoa was with Lisa Bonet for that long, it means that he has really good taste in people. So if I was Isa Gonzalez, I would be very flattered that he would be interested in me because I would think, well... Oh my God, I didn't know you were such a Jason Momoa stan. <laughs> I know, and I'm not. Can I tell you, I've never seen one of the like uh, Mermaid Man movies. I, I don't know that. Never watched an episode You're of You're not Game missing anything. <laughs> but like, that's what I would think is I would be so flattered. If I hooked up with somebody and their past relationships were like very questionable i would think okay i need to sit back and reevaluate and just see what this means in on a grander scale okay well i have more jason momoa news believe it or not okay so when he's not having hot people fun times with isa gonzalez he's shooting the next fast and furious movie in italy and so while he was in italy he decided to act like a tourist for a minute and he visited the Sistine Chapel or the Sixteen Chapel as Justin Bieber has called it. Yeah. <laughs> to be fair, that's what I'd probably call it too. So I'm going to yeah, give this to Justin Bieber. <laughs> so when he visited the Sistine Chapel, he took a bunch of pictures. Mm-hmm. He posted those pictures and you know how you said that Jason Momoa was like a god or something. You said something like that, right? Yeah, I'd say that he is as close to, uh, uh, like, in Greek mythology. That's like what we have right now in Jason Momoa. Yeah. Well, I'm sorry to tell you he's going to hell. Uh-oh. Because you aren't allowed to take pictures inside of the Sistine Chapel. Because they spend way too long restoring all of the art. And flashes from cameras can fuck it up. What? Michael, How? Explain this to me. Be my site. Be doc. Build. Are you an art major, Allison? Shouldn't you tell me? I mean, listen, I went to art (laughs) school. There's a very big difference. I'm not an art major. (laughs) I don't know how I don't know how cameras can flash photography. What is this? The 1980s. People have got like shutter cameras with film. People are taking pictures of the iPhones. Yeah, but still, people love the flash. Anyways. You're not supposed to take pictures in this. It's a no no. Okay, yeah. No, it's a no. And I've been to it. When I read that, I've been Ooh. to the Sistine Chapel and I was like, shit, did I take pictures? So oh, I like went through my camera roll. I did not. So I, I'm going to hell for other reasons, but I am not going to hell for that reason. So after Jason posted the pics, he got dragged for being yet another famous rich person who doesn't follow the rules. So he posted an, an apology. And he did, he apologized in a video where he worked out while topless. You know, if you're going to do, if you're going to release an apology video. Yeah, especially if you're Jason Momoa. So this is basically what he said. I wanted to say that uh, uh, if you ever thought that I disrespected your culture, I, it wasn't my intention. I've um, went out of my way. I came around with 1920 and I got experience. Uh, it's time to get up. Time to go to work. Um, I came here when I was nineteen, twenty, to really experience, you know, the Sistine Chapel and come to the Vatican and uh, and the Pieta is one of my favorites. And so, I uh, I always wanted to, you know, now that I can, I you know, 
gave a wonderful donation to bring my friends and crew because we only had a couple days off to go experience these places. And then I found people really wanted to take pictures with me, which is very odd. The Church of Vatican, look at all this splendor. And they want to take pictures of me, which I don't get, but regardless, I did. And um, so I was very respectful and I asked for permission from what I thought would be okay. Hi. Hi. Um, so I don't want to, um, I would never want to do anything to disrespect someone's culture. So if I did, I apologize. And uh, that wasn't my intention. And I definitely um, paid to have that private moment and, uh, and give a nice donation to the church. And so um, I love you. Sorry if I offended you. And um, yeah, my apologies. Oh my God, Jason Momoa just told me he loves me. I, I know. You and the Pope and everyone else, they're all very, very excited and happy. They're like, oh, Jason, forget it. Forget we said anything about the pictures. Don't worry about it. But I love that he kept saying he gave a donation. And I also love that he said that people wanted to take pictures of me, which I don't know why. And it's like, we get it, Jason Memorial. You're hot, you're famous, and you're so hot and famous that people would rather take pictures of you than take pictures of the art. Yeah, you're hot, you're famous, and you're dumb because you can't understand why people want a picture with you. (laughs) Also, somewhere Lisa Bonet is like, uh, see, I told you, he really likes being famous. Please stop asking why we didn't work out. Yeah, he'll even break rules. He'll break rules. To, to, to get his picture taken. Yeah, he's supposed to be embracing uh, God's majesty and splendor in the Sixteen Chapel. And he instead will take selfies. But he made a donation. <laughs> Do you accept his apology? Yeah, because I obviously don't give a shit. <laughs> I think you should take pictures of anything. <laughs> so I think his apology is just like, yeah, sure, whatever. Like, he wasn't being malicious. It would be one thing if he, you know, like, took a piss inside the Sistine Chapel. Like, peed on something. Then I would be like, then I would be like, okay, well, that apology doesn't really work because you should have known better. But, like, taking pictures, that's an honest mistake. But it says do not take pictures, and he took pictures. Yeah, but is it written in Italian? Is the sign in Italian? That's what I need to know. That's what changes my... Maybe Jason Momo can't read. Oh my God, you are... I didn't... I really didn't know you <laughs> You were this much of a Jason Momoa fan. Me neither. I'm learning a lot about myself <laughs> during this episode. I mean, I don't accept the apology because he posted um, the apology while topless, but I'm going to need him to post it while bottomless too. And then I'm going to need him to recreate... You know that Sistine Chapel picture on the ceiling where they're touching fingers? Where they're pointing, oh, yeah. With his peen and his finger. Uh, then I'll accept his apology. And I'm sure then God will accept it. But that's it. Well, I think, yeah, we have to wait to hear what the Pope says about it. But hopefully the Pope agrees with you. So let's move on from that to the love story of our time that will obviously live on past this life and many others. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm talking about Machine Gun Kelly and Megan Fox. We've talked about them many, many times before. They've been together for only two years. But within that time, they have let us know that they are twin flames. Oh, yeah, that's right. They are soulmates who have been soulmates in past lives. They wear each other's blood. They drink each other's blood. They got <laughs> engaged. Uh, Megan Fox's engagement ring apparently was designed to hurt if she takes it off. They also got matching tattoos on their ring fingers. Mm-hmm. Did I miss anything? 
no, that just about covers it. The blood, the blood, the ouchy rings. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's it. They're, I mean, they're basically the it couple of doing the most. And that's saying a lot because we live in a world where Kourtney Kardashian and Travis Barker are doing the most. But Megan Fox and Machine Gun Kelly are outdoing oh, them. They're outpacing them by miles. Like, if I was Courtney and Travis, I would give up. I'd be like, we can't compete. There's no point they, anymore. They can't. Yeah, they can't. Impossible. They, well, they should They should have a seat anyways. But specifically because Megan Fox and what's-his-name are outdoing them. Mm-hmm. So the Billboard Music Awards were this past weekend. Machine Gun Kelly performed. And since Megan is attached to his side, she was there too. So he performed the song Twin Flame, which... What do you think that's about, Allison? Hmm. 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 Duraflame? Yeah, it's it's an ode to Duraflame. It was obviously Mm -hmm. like a a brand sponsorship. It was the Duraflame jingle. Yes, you're you're absolutely correct. (laughs) Um, So it's a musical ode to Megan Fox, of course. And when he performed it, he dedicated it to his wife and their unborn child. Mm -hmm. So some now think that Megan Fox and Machine Gun Kelly got married and she's having their baby, a baby they'll probably call BB Gun. Or Little Spark, because they're twin flames. Or triplet flame. Triple, Triple flame. <laughs> Triple. So reps for both wouldn't say. Uh, page six says that at Megan's 36th birthday party over the weekend, she didn't drink any alcohol. But that might not mean anything, because Megan Fox said years ago she doesn't, she quit drinking alcohol, so... Also, uh, Megan was wearing, like, some blue jumpsuit over the weekend, right? And she texted her stylist to say that she and Machine Gun Kelly cut a hole in the crotch of the jumpsuit so they can fuck each other easier. So she tweeted that text message. Naturally. Because, that, yeah, because we really want to know. Mm-hmm. And, it's, and because, you know, she wanted to show us what peak romance is, which she did. Yeah, I mean, move over Danielle Steele. Because it get, just re- it's like retire. You can't. You can't move over Shakespeare. Shakespeare, uh, what's the who's the other one that's like a romance novelist? You know, from like the olden uh, times. J- Jackie Collins. Oh, uh, yeah, Jackie Collins is <laughs> from too- the <laughs> from the olden times. Nicholas Sparks. Yeah, he works. Basically, any romance <laughs> novelist. It's like have you, unless you have the words on your laptop right now that say I cut a hole in my blue jumpsuit so we can fuck. Just. Call it a day. Just say, you know what? My yeah. This book is my last book. The end. Look for, yeah, look for another career. I'm passing the baton over. So I don't think Megan Fox is pregnant. And I don't think they're married. Because these two love attention. Like, there's no way that they got married and made a baby on the shush. No, uh-uh. We would know about that. We would know about it for sure. There would be like Megan Fox would be tweeting or like she would tweet a conversation to her OBGYN being like, um, can I get pregnant if we had sex on a pile of blood? And then the OBGYN would be like, yes, technically. And she'd be like, OK, we'll cross your fingers. Like we would we would know we would know when the conception happened. Well, we would know. Yeah. And we would know because she'd probably live stream herself pissing on the pregnancy stick and their wedding will be like a. 10-day live stream event. So we, we will definitely know. There's going to be no question. Yes. We don't have to ask sources. No, we, here's the thing. We would know, if we know that Megan Fox cut a hole in her jumpsuit to have sex with Machine Gun Kelly, 
we are all going to have front row seats to that wedding night. Since they're, you know, like the wish.com, Pamela Anderson, Tommy Lee, I'm surprised there's not a sex tape yet. That's why I think it's going to be sex tape, then marriage, then baby. Like that nursery rhyme. First comes a sex tape, then comes a marriage, then comes a baby and the baby. Oh, yeah. No, I remember uh, doing jump rope games to that one. Yeah, me too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that, that, that's what's going to happen. Okay, so now let's move on to, I mean, we talked earlier about a holy place, the Sistine Chapel. Mm -hmm. Now let's move on to talking about the devil, specifically the devil who wears Prada and a Wintour. That was a, that was a good segue, Michael. That was good. (laughs) That's that's your Pulitzer. (laughs) (laughs) There's a new book out about Anna Wintour. It's called Anna, the Biography. Anna, colon, the Biography. But I have a question. Mm -hmm. Is Anna Winter famous enough to be known as just Anna? Isn't the most famous Anna, Anna Nicole Smith? Yeah, obviously. And then the second most uh, famous Anna would be like... Anna Delvey? Oh, I was going to say Anne of Green Gables. Well, she's an Anne. Yeah, but I don't know what, how... She might have gone to college and been like, call me... That's true. Anna. Anna. You know, like, she might have had like a identity thing. I was and I Anna Wintour is like low down on the list. I would say of like yeah, she's not even top five. I don't think. But anyway, the, uh, the book is from fashion journalist Amy O'Dell, and Amy talked to more than two hundred fifty sources to find out everything about Anna. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure there's plenty of ridiculous, messy tales in it. But one that is making the round is Anna Winters Anna Wintour's go to lunch order. Mm-hmm. So the book claims that when Condé Nast, which publishes Vogue, of course, mm-hmm. moved its offices to One World Trade Center, Anna pretty much ordered the same lunch all the time from the Palm Restaurant. So her lunch, her go-to lunch, cost $77. That's too much money, but yes, go on. That's like 77 cents to her. Yeah. And it was, I mean, Vogue probably paid it. So her order was a steak with a caprese? Yeah. Caprese or capri. Caprese salad, but without the tomato. So basically, it was a hunk of meat and a hunk of cheese with some basil. Yeah, that's that's it. I would not, I would not even describe that necessarily as a lunch. That's like the lunch that gets served to you, and then you tap the waiter on their elbow, and you're like, "I'm sorry, the kitchen has forgotten something." Most of my lunch is specifically what they've forgotten. Yeah, where's the fries? Where's the macaroni and cheese? Where's the vegetables? Where's my free basket of bread? Yeah, where's the soup, salad, and breadsticks? And Amy also wrote how Anna's lunch was set up for her and it was very Devil Wears Prada. Mm-hmm. So Amy wrote that Amy, Amy Anna's lunch was pick, is picked up by her second assistant, who is Anne Hathaway. Yeah. Right? <laughs> right, yeah. And the Not palm, then they put the food on a ceramic plate. Uh-huh. And that's fancy, but apparently it's not fancy enough for Anna because the assistant would then replate it. And they used to throw the plate from the palm away. What? But <laughs> the, de- the devil is wasteful. <laughs> but later they went green. And now they give, they later, in later years, they gave the plate back. Oh, z- zero carbon footprint. I love to hear it. <laughs> <laughs> so as for why Anna had a tomato-less caprese salad, Amy O'Dell spoke to one of her landscape designers who says she doesn't like vegetables. 
That seems strange to me because if there's anything, well, if there's anything that like very thin, rich, old white ladies love, it's vegetables. But this is Anna Winter we're talking about. So I would think that she wouldn't want to eat anything that hasn't been alive before. Ah, that's... She wants it. Yeah, she wants to... If it didn't have a heartbeat or a soul before it ended up on her plate, she doesn't want it. That's right. And cheese does come from an animal that had a heartbeat. Tomato? There's no soul there. No. No, no, no. (laughs) I mean, it does kind of surprise me a little bit because I never pictured her eating food from a restaurant like i think mentally i always sort of imagined her like a lizard so like just an assistant would bring in a cricket placed on a warm rock and she'd be like that's good i'll I'll have probably half the cricket come back in about 10 minutes and you can take the rest away and package it up for my lunch tomorrow yeah or i would think she would her assistant would just bring in the meal and she said go ahead and um put that in the trash because what i'm really going to eat is your soul and your and your tears and your fear. So I don't, yeah, I don't think she ate that steak. But in more Anna news, so there's a video that made the rounds of Anna trying to get into an off-Broadway show, and the theater requires proof of vaccination. So Anna showed that, but then the health compliance worker asked for her ID, and she seemed like all bothered, and she throws up her hands, all frustrated before someone from the theater stepped in and said it was okay. <laughs> I mean, how does she not have an ID? Again, it's like Anna Wintour could be confused for anyone. See, I, some rich people and famous people, like they don't, they don't like carry a purse or anything. Yeah, they just show up and they're like, voila, here I am. Anna, Anna, no, Anna, no last name. Google me. But who, like whoever that health compliance worker is, she's, She's definitely got a special place in heaven because I love it when famous people get checked. Oh, you know what? I do too. I really like it a lot. Yeah, I love it when they put in their place. Yeah, and some over something so simple too, where it's like, do you have, can I see your ID? Like, you know who that person is and yet you're still asking for the ID. Like you, you didn't have to be that petty, but you went there and I applaud you for that. Because it's not even rude, you're just following directions. Just going, hey, listen, I do this to everyone. So, Michael, we just talked about uh, Anna Wintour getting almost turned away from an off-Broadway play. But what happens when you actually get into the Broadway play and you don't wear your mask properly? If If you go to see Company starring Patti LuPone, you'll get the shit yelled out of you by Patty Lupone herself. So last week in a performance of Company, um, there was like a after the show Q&A, which is very cute. I didn't know they did that at musicals. <laughs> that seems like a movie kind of thing. Um, but anyway, so there was like a question and answer with the audience. And right now on Broadway, uh, they require everyone in the audience to wear a mask. So Patty Lupone saw someone in the audience. They weren't wearing their mask correctly. So I think it was probably like a, they're probably nose masking. Do you know what I'm talking yeah, I think about? They like, had it pulled down. Tapped underneath their nose. Yeah. So uh, she yelled out into the audience and she said, Put your mask over your nose. That's why you're in the theater. That is the rule. If you don't want to follow the rule, get the fuck out. Who do you think you are? If you do not respect the people that are sitting around you. 
And so obviously, I would say uh, calling someone out publicly, that's where it kind of, kind of started to escalate a little bit. And the masked person in question responded back. Uh, well, I mean, I'll just say this. If Petty Lupone called you out in the theater, would your response, Michael, to would it be to shout something back at her? I wouldn't be able to because I would have turned into dust. Yeah, you would have been dead. Or I would have just walked out of the theater and just continue walking until I fell off the planet because the planet is obviously flat. But, you know, I would I would just keep walking. I'd be so mortified. That would be terrible. It would For me, it would be like if, you know, the scene in like The Little Mermaid when Ursula steals Ariel's voice, I would just be sitting there being like, nope, I have no response from here on out for the rest of my life. Well, this person obviously is not you or I because they yelled at Patty that they pay Patty's salary. So the implication there is, you know, I pay your salary, I can do whatever I want. You pay my salary. Bullshit. Chris Harper pays my salary. Excuse me. Who do you think you are? Just put your mask over your nose. Chris Harper is the producer of Company. And then that's pretty much as far as it went, because, again, I assume that that maskless person turned to dust. Well, yeah, they turned to dust, but they were kicked out. And then Patty left left the stage. She was over this shit. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, that's here's the thing. You're going to perform company and then you're going to do a Q&A after and then you're going to get into a fight with somebody over mask rules, which they should have already known before they came in. That's exhausting. That's too tiring. Yeah. And can I just tell you, when I was watching this video, I gasped when that moron said, we pay your salary. I mean, can you imagine having that much audacity? That's like cursing out Jesus in church. I mean, she told off Patty Lupone in Patty Lupone's own house. She told off Patty Lupone on the ground of Broadway. At company. Not even at some shitty performance of whatever. Even if and- it was on the street, on Broadway, anywhere. <laughs> Telling uh, like Patty Lupone on her own turf. Like they should get banned from Broadway. They should get banned from the planet. Because but- I mean I mean, I would say they should get banned from the planet. But again, I feel like the people in charge are like, this is not up to us now. This is up to Satan. Satan has her number. He's reserved a very nice room in hell for this person. It will be taken care of in the afterlife. We guarantee this. Yeah. <laughs> they'll be they'll be standing in the line to hell with Jason Momoa for taking pictures in the 16 chapel. <laughs> oh, I mean, so is it really hell then if you get to stand behind Jason Momoa? Yeah, that's true. That's someone's idea of heaven for sure. Okay, so Prince William's idea of heaven is definitely not getting booed at a soccer game. Um, So Prince William is not just a prince, by the way, Michael. He's also the president of the Football Association. Did you know this? Yeah, sadly. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, it's it's always really funny to me when we, like, remember that royals have actual titles and they're, like, the president of this and the CEO of that. And it's like, oh, wow, I didn't think you legitimately had like an actual job but no prince william is the president of the football association so when i say football of course i'm talking about european soccer they call it football over there footy footy yeah (laughs) exactly you're so british michael so he attended the football association final cup this week and it was chelsea versus liverpool and it should have been super fun for him but 
Uh, no, William got booed by pretty much everyone before the kickoff. And the crowd also booed uh, a performance of God Save the Queen, which is like, I think that they do that before everything. It's kind of like when you do the national anthem at like the Super Bowl, they sing God Save the Queen. But that got booed as well. So William's probably not crying too much because something that I learned was that Liverpool has a tradition of booing. Liverpool is like a seaside town, I want to say. Wait, is that Manchester? No, Liverpool is the one that's near the water, I think. Anyways, well, like, it has pool in it, so I'm guessing it's near water. It's either near water or there's a lot of uh, backyard gardening and pool people that work there. Um, but I will say something I know is Liverpool is traditionally working class. And so since 1980, they would um, boo the beginning of football association games uh, in protest of conservative governments. So William is seen as like establishment, conservative government, like rich people. So that is why they booed him. I would have booed his ass too. <laughs> not, not, not a football even for the, <laughs> just, just, just to boo. You just like see him on the street like, boo, fuck you, William. <laughs> you said you didn't think he'd be bothered by this. But I think he's a petty bitch, so he probably got his assistant to find out every single Boer's name, address, and when he becomes king, they're being sent to the gallows. He's going to remember every single one of them. Okay, so Kelly Rowland from Destiny's Child is fairly active on Twitter, which is like what you can do when you're not the Beyonce of the group. Like, Beyonce cannot be on Twitter. But Kelly Rowland and Michelle, they can be on Twitter. They have that type of freedom. I'm happy for them for that. Except that Kelly Rowland embarrassed herself on Twitter recently. So she wrote a tweet that said, Good evening, beautiful people. Can you tell me your favorite thing about yourself? Michael, if you were responding to Kelly Rowland, what would be your favorite thing about yourself? I don't have one. (laughs) I would respond with crickets. (laughs) Audible. I would be like, Kelly, please don't chip away at my self-esteem by making me think about something that I think is good. So lots of people responded back. One person responded and said, their face. Their face is their favorite thing about themselves. Kelly loved that. Uh, and she responded to them and said, and this is a direct quote. None of this is exaggerated. This is exactly what Kelly Rowland wrote. Come on my face. Like my whole face. Catch it. I love it. And many people have pointed out that <laughs> that's the kind of... Okay, what did she mean by that, though? I mean, I, okay. I know what I thought she meant, but what does she mean? Okay, so I think what she meant, lots of people pointed out that if she had just done like a couple little grammar things, like commas and stuff, it would okay. have probably read more like this. Come come on, my face. Like my whole face. Catch it. I love it. Like like saying like, oh, yeah, uh, like, come on, my face. That's a great one. Or like, come I on, still... my face. Like it still is not great because everybody no, thought no. she meant like, come on, my face. <laughs> That's the only oh, way you can Kelly. Read it. Oh, Kelly. Also, it's made even funnier when you realize that the person who said that they love their face appears to be somebody who likely identifies as a guy. So it's it's even more embarrassing for poor <laughs> Kelly. Come on my face. Like my whole face. Okay, so Michael, have you ever shared a toothbrush with someone? Yes. You have. Okay. Now I've here's my follow-up question. By choice? Yes. Yes. By choice. By choice. You could also put toothpaste on your finger. 
Well, Sarah Silverman chooses that choice constantly. She was on The View and she was talking about her current boyfriend. His name is Rory Albanese. And she said, I have never shared a toothbrush with another person in my life. And for some reason with Rory, we have never not used the same toothbrush. And then when everybody was grossed out at that, because that is pretty gross. She said, why is it so gross? We kiss each other where we pee. Which I agree. That is a good follow-up. Yeah. Is it that gross? Is it that gross? Have you done it? You have not done it. Uh, I might have done it once. But again, it was like under like real duress. Yeah. Like I think I probably just would have skipped it. Or use your finger. Or my finger. Puts, yeah, you like wrap your finger in toilet paper, put the toothpaste on the toilet paper. That gives what? you the friction. Yeah, the toilet like paper? Hair. You can just put it on your finger. No, but the, t- the toothpaste slides off because your finger is so smooth. <laughs> it's a bad makeshift toothbrush. Um, but she said she's doing it. They've never not used the same toothbrush. Somebody please start a GoFundMe for Sarah Silverman for $4 so she can go and buy an Oral-B toothbrush. Yeah, yeah, that part is weird. But like sharing, using your boyfriend's toothbrush, I mean, I don't, I'm, I mean, I have ones like a, a, a fuck buddy. Okay. I was staying over and I asked to use his toothbrush and he said like, ew, right? <laughs> and yeah, I was just like, but not too long ago, you ate my ass. And now you're ewing at a toothbrush, at me using your toothbrush. But then again, I should have been like, ew, I'm not going to use this toothbrush since I know where his mouth has been. It's true. Maybe that's what made him ew about it. Yeah, he's like, ew, you know where my mouth has been. You're going to use it. Yeah, good point. (laughs) Now I I see it. Yeah. (laughs) It's just a change in perspective. Um, Okay, so Christopher Maloney is hot. Can we just establish that? Yeah, women uh, women love Christopher Maloney. Yeah, I think it's a lot true. a lot of dudes do too. But I find that women moist for Maloney day and night. You know what? I would have to agree with that. I would say that Christopher Maloney is very very big in female circles. I don't know why. I mean, I do know. I know why he's hot. He's extremely hot. Um, <laughs> so Christopher Maloney's also like on. He's like older. But he's still extremely ripped. He's, like, very buff. That's, like, a thing I would describe with Christopher Maloney is that, like, his ass looks super hard. And he works out all the time. And so he recently explained that he works out at home a lot of the time because he doesn't he doesn't want to be disturbed. So it's, like, he doesn't like to work out in gyms because he said that he's always cleaning up after people. So he'll either work out at his trainer's private gym or at home. Because he likes to be, you know, at home, in his own home. But also because he likes to work out naked. He said, I work out naked. It's my gym. And I don't black out the window. And I'm okay with that. My wife is not okay with that. And he lives in Manhattan. Oh, yeah. I mean, Google's yeah. going to crash from everybody looking up, like, Christopher Maloney home address. Where <laughs> yeah, they all are. Because he does it in front of the window. And he doesn't, he doesn't like, pull the sh- shades in front of it. Yeah, even, like, the pigeons are going to find out and they're going to fly. every Because every li- living thing gets moist for Maloney, too. So even the pigeons are going to fly to that that home gym window seal. And so if you're walking around Manhattan and something white and sticky falls on you, it might not be bird shit. It might be bird nut. All right, 
it's that time again where we return to the delisted show and tell segment one of my personal favorite segments uh and that's obviously where we tell you about something interesting that we're interested in and um that could be all kinds of stuff in the past we've talked about food we've talked about music we've talked about movies what have you uh and this week i'm not deviating very far i usually encourage people to watch a tv show that i've recently watched and surprise i'm talking about a tv show again this time so my show and tell this week is the kids in the hall revival that's on amazon prime Mm -hmm. and it is it's so like kids in the hall i'm sure you are if you've never seen an episode i'm sure you are familiar they're like a sketch group they're from toronto and their show ran from like i think 1989 to 1994 and 1995 mm-hmm. and um i think it was produced by lauren michaels from saturday night live and yeah so they just they've done like an eight episode revival for amazon prime where it's very very similar to what the show was originally like except yeah. obviously they're like old. third Thirty, yeah, they're like thirty years older. older. They're very old. They're very old looking at it, but that's fine. And um, yeah, so like, uh, I have seen probably about half the episodes so far. Are all the episodes on there? Yeah, yeah, they're all they all dropped all at once, so they weren't going to make you wait wait week by week. Okay, um, so I've never yeah. ever ever seen one episode of Kids in the Hall. Okay, so that's is wild. it like skits? Yes, it's skits. Yeah, it's it's like. Skits sketches it's characters um it's i would describe it as being like a very sort of like some of them are very weird some of them are kind of abstract and surreal um there's also like a big kind of hallmark of the show is that there's lots and lots of um there's like tons of drag so it's like they but it's like not in a way that's it's not in a way that's like jokey or stupid. It's like sincere drag that they did. Um, and it's the same. They kind of bring that back again with their revival as well, where it's like, it's not like dude in a dress. They're like, they actually are very, they're like very respectful of like the art of like men dressing up as women, basically. And So then so, do they play in the new one? Do they play yeah. like old characters that they played in the original run a couple but like not a lot which is like i kind of really like that because i was expecting to go into it being like i think i'm gonna cringe at this i think it's gonna be i don't i don't know how i'm gonna feel it's like i enjoy nostalgia but all but not for the i like nostalgia but not for the sake of nostalgia so i was like okay like i was very tepid going into it even though i like i love scott thompson and like nothing he does can be wrong to me but it was it's so good it's really really good and also a lot of people have been kind of comparing it to the um twin peaks revival that happened in like i think that was like 2017 where it is very very similar to the original source material from the 90s but it's updated in ways that are clever and interesting it's still has the same energy as the original series um and you like come away from it being like, I'm glad they did this. I'm glad it's not just kind of like, you know, we, we talked about and just like that on the last uh, episode where that kind of felt like, okay, this is sort of maybe bad. People don't really like it that much. This is like not that type of revival. Um, and also, Michael, you said that you were hard up for seeing penises. 
I've seen four penises so far on this show. Salt. Salt. That sold me. And also friend uh, delisted Julie Klausner wrote for it. So yes, that's why exactly. I want to see it too. So Dick and Klausner, I'm in. It's great. And I mean, here's the thing. Some of the dicks, again, they belong to old men. I am oh, not that's fine. Choosing. I'm, I'm not. It's yeah, fine. I have I have no. Yeah. I, when no. it comes to dick, anything. Yeah. There are some younger penises, though, as well. Yeah. So if that's what you're into, that's what you're into. Something um, for everyone. Exactly. So anyways, yeah, that's on Amazon Prime. So if you're if you have access to Amazon Prime, then go nuts. It's that's and dick. Go dick and nuts. Go dick. Exactly. You do see dick nuts in it, both of them. Um, okay, so Michael, what are you uh, showing and telling this week? Okay, my show and tell this week is a cooking tip, since I'm the bareback Contessa, pretty much. But it's a cooking tip I learned from TikTok. And I have to say that if you get, if you see tips on TikTok, make sure to Google it. Because yes. <laughs> sometimes it's too good to be true. And one example of that is we were doing we were in our last show and tell. Yeah. I was going to do a tip I learned from TikTok. And that tip was to keep avocados from browning. You put them in a jar filled with water and keep it in your refrigerator. I did this two weeks later, I cut open the avocado. It was not brown. And I told other people and they yeah. did it and they were like, wow. And so I was gonna. I was going to, that was going to be my show and tell one week. And then I said, you know what? I should Google this. Yeah, because it sounds like a miracle. I was like, this sounds awesome. And I Googled it and the FDA recommends you do not do this because if the avocado has bacteria on it, putting in water will make the bacteria multiply and you'll get sick. So do not do that. Do not do the avocado in the water trick but this one will not get you sick i think um but again google it i googled it and i i don't think it's harmful but okay so i've been making a lot of bread throughout the pandemic mostly baguettes and i make like three at a time and they go stale so fast like within days and so you know i make croutons breadcrumbs shit like that but on tiktok i saw a tip to get it soft again so, and I guess this is something that people have done before. So if it's, what you do is you take the bread. If the crust is super thick, you take the stale bread. If the crust is super thick, you like cover it in water under the faucet. Just cover it in water, right? If it's a thin crust, spritz it a little. Use less water. And then after you cover it in water, you're going to put it in a cold oven. You're going to set that oven to 300 you're going to let it sit in there for about 10 minutes. Okay. Maybe up to check after 10 minutes, it may take 15 or a little more. And what it does is the water turns to steam and it softens the inside. And it does work. Now, if it's really stale, it won't get like super fresh, Mm -hmm. but it'll get a little softer, but it does work. Oh, wow. That's my tip for the week for stale bread. Okay, that sort of makes sense, though, to me, because I like to buy freezer pretzels. And that's like one of the things that they tell you to do is kind of give it give the pretzel a little rinse underwater and then put it in the oven. And yeah, I guess the steam makes it fluffy. Softens the inside, yeah. And if that doesn't work, ask me to send you a naked picture of myself and then show that to your hard bread. Because usually, you know, my naked body makes anything that's hard soft, in my experience. 
that's another but up yeah no it's great it's really great but also too like you said like you don't think that this will um this tip will get you sick so i would say like asterisk don't use toilet water uh don't use like standing water from a bird bath no don't you'll be yeah. guaranteed that you won't get sick yeah only faucet water <laughs> so that ends this show and tell and it also ends this show if you have a question or a tip especially a cooking tip for me i'm always looking for a cooking tip email us at dtp at delisted.com we're off next week but we'll be back with a new episode in june oh my gosh it's june, june. already yeah it's june already june is busting out all over soon <laughs> So, bye. Bye.